God's word is his weapon for revival and transformation of lives for his glory. Prepare your heart as you receive the word of God coming to you from Calvary Way Revival Labors. For inquiries and counsel, you can send an email to calvarywayrevivallabors at gmail.com or call 08065607999. God bless you as you listen and obey. In the name of Jesus. Prepare us as a vessel for revival. Equip us as a vessel for revival. Is our desire to be your own vessel for revival. And you can make us vessels for revival. The greatest enemy to revival is self and you have been opening our eyes to diversified complex manifestations of self using biblical characters and example for us to see a reflection of our own life and as we saw we have been crying you are not yet through with us in the remaining characters we are still going to study may your light shine upon us in the mighty name of Jesus Matthew 16 verse 21 to 25 we are looking at Peter's experience how self also manifested in his life. The Bible said that all that we are written before time, we are written for our example so that we will learn. That's why we study the scriptures. Matthew 16, 21. Yes, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not happen unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou severest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. Verse 24, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, that man let, must deny himself, let him deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. 25, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. We a bit studied this passage in the early hours of the morning when we were trying to connect self as a hindrance, major hindrance to revival. Now, but the aspect that is still needed to be touched. Of course, we saw that the thoughts 
that Peter expressed was not from God. It was from self. If you read it with Good News Bible, verse 23, say, get away from me, Satan. You are an obstacle in my way because these thoughts of yours don't come from God, but from human nature. So, we saw that Peter expressed a thought that is not from God. By what he said, and that made him to become an ally of Satan. In fact, Jesus has to rebook him as Satan. And it is the same thing with every man. Anytime you are receiving thoughts from the flesh and expressing it, you are no longer in alliance with God. You are in alliance with Satan. But the aspect of Peter's um, action here was his, let me, let me call it, apart from his selfish interest, of course, there is selfish interest here. What is selfish interest? His interest is about what do we do? We that have left everything to follow you, if you die now, what will become our fate? So you don't need to die. But apart from that, he was also saying what he was saying as an expression of love for Jesus. He was trying to show him that I truly love you, so I don't want you to suffer. So that is going to take us to look at self-love as one of the expression of self or manifestation of self. When a believer is under the influence of self-love, his life will be showing these things. So, number one, he will not be interested in discovering the will of God because the will of God may involve suffering. Jesus said, I will suffer. But that suffering that he said he will suffer is in line with God's perfect will for his life. But Peter said, no, 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 no. You can't suffer. Even when the will of God becomes clear and involves some measures of suffering, that believer will abandon the will of God and do his own will. Remember that I told us that when people do such things, God doesn't kill them. Do you remember? He may not kill you. God is not like that. If anybody tells you that if you don't do the will of God, you will die. You may not actually die physically. The only thing that will happen is that you may die spiritually. You may get disconnected from God. But you may still be alive like Adam. Adam lived, I don't know how many hundreds of years after he disobeyed God and did his own will. Even when he accepts to do the will of God that involves some measure of suffering, 
he will not keep quiet about it, but he keeps sharing it, sharing it with people, trying to attract their sympathy or their pity. He will not be bold to stand in the will of God when his father or mother, his brothers and sisters, friends, neighbors, colleagues are standing against him. For example, many believers choose their marriage partners to please their parents. Sometimes you see a parent will call their son and say, if you are thinking of getting married, you must not marry outside this village. This one I'm saying, does it happen? And sometimes it may be that the will of God for that brother is not in that village. But because he wants to please his father and not do the will of God, he will try to find the will of God. He will make out one kind of will of God in the village. But it's obvious. I know a brother that told me that his father warned him that he should not marry outside his village. Warn him seriously. He said he, he, he didn't know that, that the man was serious until the day he, 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 he mentioned that he wanted to marry outside the village. He said they almost fought that day. He said that was when he knew that the man was very serious about what he said. Now let me ask you, who do you want to please as a disciple? Who do you want to do his will? The problem with Peter here is that he was not caring about the will of God for Jesus. He was only looking at what Jesus will pass through in getting at the will of God. Self will not allow you to face the will of God. Discover it and stick to it no matter what. When a believer is under the influence, control of self, he will be afraid of what people will say. Or how people will feel concerning his actions or words. And as a result of that fear, he will always and will likely disobey God. That shows that he fears men above God. Self-love is also the reason why many believers that the Lord has called into full-time ministry has not answered the Lord's call. Sometimes you see somebody, you say, I want to get money so that I'll be sponsoring the gospel. Sometimes, you see, everybody is not called into full time. And everybody will not be called. No, it will never happen. 
But there are some that are called. And those that are called, it is better for them to answer the call because it is a privilege to be a servant, a direct servant of the Almighty. When people scramble for ministerial position of, let's say, minister of finance, minister of finance, minister of this in Nigeria, for example, you wonder what they are looking for. We are not minister of finance in Nigeria. We are minister of heaven, the whole kingdom of God. Such a glorious opportunity. It's because some people don't know God. That's why they don't see the glory around God's call. I know the problem of some. You know their problem. They say, I don't want to be at the receiving end. Every time people will be giving me, giving me, giving me. I want to be giving. I want to make money and be giving. You know, full-time ministers that know what they are doing. Everything they have and they will have, they will all be received. Three of us. Yes, that's, that's it. But you know, the beauty of our reception is that we dare not for any reason beg or borrow or receive gifts out of sympathy. We have a high rate of gift rejection. I remember a brother telling me that someone has sent money to him to give to me. I did my ears if I didn't hear it because I'm not excited. So, I went and asked God, do you want us to collect that gift? God said, no, don't touch it. Don't collect it. So, when we are speaking again, he said, that money, send me the account, I will transfer it. I said, the Lord has not accepted that money. It's a privilege. And listen, the provision of God's servants eh, is by divine command. Go to the brook. I have commanded a raven to feed you there. I have commanded. What do you think if the ravens disobey the command of God? Eh? And when the water from the brook, brook, of course, you know how much if ravens are to bring rice, how many ravens that will bring rice, and how many times they will go and come in order for a plate of rice to be full. I don't know what you're getting me, but that's not a problem because God can command, let's say, hundred thousand ravens to land and drop one piece of rice <laughs> and the plate will full at once and the man of God will eat and drink from the brook. The Bible says it came to pass when the brook dried up the word of God came again and said go to Zarephath. I have commanded a widow. I have commanded. You dare not dis disobey such command. That's how we live. 
It's an honorable thing to serve God full time with full attention. We don't lack and we reject gifts. I'm saying this because some of you are afraid of doing the will of God when it is obvious that he has called you. Something is telling you you will suffer. Even if you suffer, are you the first person that suffered? Jesus didn't he suffer. Where is he today? And Paul said, 1 Corinthians 4.17, Our light affliction is working for us. Great glory. Our what? Light affliction. No, 2 Corinthians 4.17. Second Corinthians 4.17. I want you to see it. Let's read it together. One to go. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Romans 8.18 I consider that the sufferings of this present age is nothing to compare with the glory that shall be revealed. Let's read. One to go. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with what? The glory which shall be revealed in us. May your eyes be opened. Peter was afraid of suffering. He was also afraid of Jesus' suffering. Jesus turned to others and said, if you, don't, if you want to come after me, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. In Matthew 26, 30 to 35, Jesus told the disciples, all of you will deny me this night. Peter said, even if everybody will deny you, I will not. He spoke even more confidently. He said, even if it means my dying, eh, I will not deny you. He later denied Jesus how many times? And that denial was progressive. The first denial was a normal denial. The second denier was with an oath. The third denier was with a swearing and cursing. You are not getting me. The second one, he said, I swear by God, if I had ever known this man, The second one, he said, if I have ever known this man, let thunder came in here. He was, you know, denying by cursing. Just imagine Peter, who has eaten with Jesus how many years? Three years. Denying Jesus with an oath to God and a curse upon himself. 
self can be terrible. Some people are speaking in tongues. Say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, just get a gun. Eh? I mean a gun that has no bullet inside. And point at them and say, if you still say you believe in Jesus, I will shoot you dead now. There's no bullet inside the gun. No. It's just that he doesn't know. They will deny Jesus there and then. That is the problem. Peter, if he has known how weak self can be, he wouldn't have boasted. He would have pleaded for grace. Do you remember that during the time of prayer, Jesus woke, woke him up, woke them up and said, pray. They were sleeping. Pray so that you can have strength to stand at the time of trial and temptation. They were sleeping. He promised not to deny Jesus by the confidence he has in himself. This self-confidence is coming up again. Eh? When you don't put your confidence in God and depend on him for grace, for mercy, for whatever function you are to perform on his behalf. When you don't trust God with all your heart, acknowledging him in all your ways, depending on him, when you are using your mind to calculate things, that is self at work. Some people find it so difficult. The self in them will not allow them to ask for help when they need help. They will rather die in silence out of pride. They believe that they are always better than others. And every other person is wrong except them. They think more highly of themselves than they actually are. They criticize and speak evil of other people, other groups, because they have confidence that they are the best. They find it difficult to appreciate the good done by others because they feel they can do better. So they criticize instead. Let me ask four questions. Can first this evident that confessing so will lead to your immediate death? Number two, if you are preaching the gospel in a bus, for example, or in your street, and someone asks you to stop, or he will kill you, whether you see the weapon is holding or not, what will you do? Number three, if they are sentencing Christians to 20 year imprisonment just because they are Christians, will you still be a Christian? Go into the prison and remain there for the next 20 years. 
Number four, if you are to face exactly the same situation that Peter faced here, what will be your response? Look at Matthew 26, verse 75. Peter, when he remembered the words of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. What did he do? He went out and did what? And wept bitterly. Peter suspended all the empty speaking in tongues and chanting. He left the company of compromisers where he kept denying Jesus. He just excused himself. He went out of distractions. He went out to a lonely place. A separate place. And he wept bitterly. What about you? Haven't you seen the shallowness and the emptiness of your confession as a believer? Have you seen that you will even do worse than Peter if you are to be in his place? Will you not pause now and go out? Out of that company where you kept on compromising your faith to weep bitterly for your life, asking God for his mercy and grace. In John 21, Peter went back to fishing when they waited for Jesus after resurrection. (laughs) I don't know what happened, but a number of reasons can be given for that. Maybe he has thought about the whole thing that happened between him and Jesus. And then they are not making sense to him anymore. He considered that he left his business for full-time ministry with Jesus. And now Jesus is no more. So he asked himself, is it not better I go back to my fishing business so that I don't lose on both ends? Or maybe they were hungry and there was no food and no more money to buy food. If it is when Jesus was around, they have a lot of ministerial supporters and partners that bring food to them. And if they meet a worst case scenario, Jesus can multiply food and they will eat. He can even send them to go and fish and get money from a, a fish mouth. But the miracle worker is, no, is not here anymore. Things are different now. Eh? No supply again. And he just feels that We need to go and fend for ourselves. Maybe he is facing a lot of pressures from his immediate family. You remember that Peter has a wife, has mother-in-law, has brothers and sisters. Maybe his father and mother are still alive. And they are now asking him, now that your guy is dead, you know, he told us that your guy is the hope. Now that he's dead, is it not better you return back to your former business and find something doing? Eh? At least secure your future, even though you have wasted some time, but you can stay stuck now. Maybe one of his old fishing associates must have met him and said, How is it now? 
and maybe have given him some of his fishing equipment for free. You know, at such times, temptations will come to you. High-powered, strategic temptations. Who knows what made Peter to say, I go a vision. In any case, the destiny destroyer self spoke to Peter to live where Jesus said, abide until you are endued with power from on high. And Jesus appeared on the seashore and restored them back. When Peter left for fishing, remember that he is not committing any obvious sin. He just followed the voice of self. Another character we need to look at his life before we conclude this section for a workshop shortly is Judas. Judas. Listen carefully. The popular thing that people know Judas about is is a covetous person, isn't it? He's popular with covetousness. But that's not the major problem of Judas. That's not his major problem at all. In John chapter 13, verse 21, John 13, 21. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spoke. Now, there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter, therefore, beckoned to him that he should ask who it was. He then, lying on Jesus' breast, said unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus said, He it is to whom I gave a sop. When I have dipped it, and when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, what happened? Satan entered into him. And then Jesus said unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he had said this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said unto him, Buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. 
That's what they call insubordination. Insubordination. That is one of the most terrible attitude of self. Please pay attention to this point. Insubordination. Look at how it manifests. When a leader is saying something that should be done, in the heart of one of or two or some of the members, they will be feeling and they will be thinking that this is, in fact, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not going to follow this. They will not say it out. The insubordinate does not confront. But within his heart, he has believed that his own idea, his own um, reasoning is smarter, is better than the man is supposed to obey or submit to. That is the major problem of the self in Judas. The Bible said he was a thief. He used to steal money from the bag. But you need to know that it was only Jesus that knew that. It was only Jesus that was aware. It was after the whole thing that has happened that they began to review things. And they said, wow. So this man has been doing this all this while. In Matthew 27, 3-5. Judas returned back the money. 30 pieces of silver. That the chief priest and the high priest and all the um, leaders of the Jews gave him in order to betray Jesus. He returned back the money to them. And he said to them, I have betrayed an innocent soul. And when he brought the money, they said, take it, see it yourself. Then he carried the money and threw to them and went and hung himself. He went out and hung himself. If Judas, if his problem is only money or covetousness, do you think that he would have returned back the money? Eh? You don't know covetous people. The more money they have, the more money they what? They want to have. Judah's problem, even though covetousness is there, but his major problem is not covetousness. If he's truly a covetous man, he wouldn't have for any reason returned back that money. He said, well, you know what he'll be saying after that? Sir? Hi. Why did I even negotiate only for 30 pieces of silver? If I insisted on 300 pieces of silver, maybe I, I would have you know, succeeded in making a lot of money from this uh, deal. 
That's what he will be thinking if he's a covetous man only. Are you getting me now? But in his heart, while Jesus was warning, Jesus warned again and again. He said, one of you will betray me. One of you here will betray me. He said, it is better for the person that he is not born. You know why Jesus was giving those warnings? Please, are you listening? Why those words of God was coming from the pulpit of Jesus? Judas was hearing it. But in his heart, he's saying, ah, I know this man. Even if I betray him, he will escape. He will just find his way. And I will use the money and buy one plot of land. And reserve for my future. Because I don't understand the way these things are going. Have you heard about plan B? Go back to verse 3. Verse 3. Let's go down. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned. Are you getting it now? He never thought that he would be condemned. He believed that even when I betray him, he will find his way out. So when he saw that finally his insubordinate thought that hardened his heart, oh my brothers and sisters, the, see, the greatest evil of self that has rob many people from becoming vessels of revival is that self will give you idea even against the word of God. By the time they are saying that you should be serious with God, do your quiet time, or be attending discipleship class, or you should be, for example, a meeting like this, you should come on time, you should Discipline yourself. Somehow, the self is giving you a different thought. And you see yourself taking a decision, taking a stand. Doing what something will be telling you. Just, you can't kill yourself. Just do what you can do. So people take decisions not based on instructions they receive from the word of God or from their leaders or disciples but based on what they thought that is good for them opinions and this is one of the major troubles of discipleship relationship eh? we are a disciple before he will ever come to his discipleship father to submit a matter he has already formed an opinion around it. Sometimes he will first of all go to his fellow disciples and friends and seeking their advice, input. By the time he collects all sorts of advice and input, he will now form an opinion and now come to inform, not to submit. Insubordination. That was what killed Judas. Prophecy was coming. One of you will betray me. And you know the problem with Judas? (laughs) 
Oh God. The problem with Judas is that he is always out giving one excuse or the other. He is not always where the disciples are. And even when he comes, he always sits at the end. Whenever they want to list the names of Jesus' disciples in the Bible, who comes last? In the passage we read in the book of John 13, are you aware that where Judas was sitting, he didn't hear the discussion? The Bible says, John leaned on Jesus' heart and asked him, Who is it? And Jesus said, The person that I will give this. Judas did not hear that discussion. Because where he normally sits is close to the door. The Bible said that he became a traitor. He became a traitor instead of becoming like Jesus. I want you to also look into the covetous aspect of his life because in John 12, 4 to 6, look at John 12. Four to six. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? Read with me verse six together. I want to go. This he said, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was what? A thief. And had the bag. And bear what was put down. He was a thief. Stealing is one of the activities of the flesh. And stealing is in different forms. We have armed robbers. We have government time robbers. Government money robbers. He was a thief. How did he become a thief? I mean, under the anointing of Jesus. Is it that Jesus is not preaching enough word of God? No, whenever the preaching is going on, another preaching is going on inside of him. Just like we are here now. As this word is coming, there are some people here. Something is telling you. Um, these people are trying, you know, maybe you came for the first time or somebody invited you. Something we just, just saying, these people are trying, you know, since we came here, they have been preaching, preaching, preaching. 
Well, I don't think I will do everything that they are saying. I'll just pick one or two that I can do and throw the rest for them. Is it possible that somebody will be thinking like that? He said, I know that what they are preaching is truth, but I'm not prepared for that kind of thing now. I still have, you know, some things to pursue. Judas didn't know that it will turn out like that. He never expected it. Many, many believers have the spirit of Judas. What is the spirit of Judas? The spirit of Judas is the spirit that makes you believe that you are wise and smart by neglecting the word of God either directly to you or from your spiritual leader, from your disciple, from your disciple father. That's the spirit of Judas. If Judas has sat under the ministry of Jesus, will he be a thief? Even if he was a thief before he joined Jesus, will he remain a thief? So how come under such heavy anointing, under such mighty utterance of teaching and messages, on the Sermon on the Mountain, for three chapters, everywhere, Judas was there. How come he became, he's still a thief? Heart. The heart with which he's following. Some people's hearts are not wholehearted. They are not totally giving. They believe that they are smart. They say, no, 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 no. I don't think I will give everything or give all my time. I will have to be wise the way I'm following these people because you're watching the ankete. They will collect everything. So it, sometimes, when the way they reason, they are not yet belonging to what is going on. They are still talking about India. He became a traitor. What a tragedy for him. Now, the issue of covetousness is also there, though we say it is not the main factor. There is something that the Bible said in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. Turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. Are you there? He said, but they that will be rich will fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lust, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. If you read it with NIV, NIV said, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and into a trap 
and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Those who want to get rich. How many of you here want to get rich? Please raise your hand. You want to get rich. All of you that are raising your hand, the Bible says you are going to fall into threatens. The Bible says you will fall into how many things? Number one. Mention the things you will fall into. Those of you that raise hand, I want you to talk. Don't be like Judas. Just talk. Number one. You will fall into... Bring it now, verse 9. Get the version, that's, if it's NIV. Into temptation. Into a snare. Uh-huh. Verse 9, not 10. Those who want to get rich. Are you there now? People who want to get rich. They will fall into number one. Number two. A trap. Number three. Many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. These are the three things that are waiting for you. I know you don't like this. But that's the Bible. And you better read Bible and believe Bible. Some of you will like this kind of thing to be erased from the Bible. Keep it there. Just keep that verse 9. For those that want to get rich. You will fall into temptation. And that's how when MMM came out, this set of people that raised their hand, some of them fell into MMM. And we are murmured by MMM. All those kind of things will come. But you know the problem with them? is not just that you invested your money in those kind of... Um, I don't call them business. Because if you want to do business, you do business that you can touch. Eh? Business is good. And God said every one of us should, should quiet down and do business. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11. Every one of you should... Get busy. Do mind your own business. Not carry money and you know money doublers. And before you know it, the thing will put you into a trap. Study to be quiet and to do your what? Your own business. Do your own business. Don't carry money and put into MMM. Do your business. Are you noticing that everything is in the Bible? It's just that we are not reading Bible. Do your own business. The one you can call your own. The next thing now, somebody will say, eh, there's another place. This one is reliable. Uh, is it reliable? It's reliable. One brother was trying to convince me. 
in one. He said, this one is free. I said, I don't want it. It's free. Just, you know, I don't want it. Is, I say, I don't want it. You know why? They are looking for my heart. I have given God my heart. For wherever a man's treasure is, money is a treasure. Don't argue about it. It's true. Wherever a man's money is, his heart is there. Do you, do you argue about it? No, you, it's true. And that is why if your money is not in the kingdom of God, you are not investing. Your heart is not there. If your money is not in the work of God here, your heart is not here. You are a visitor. Wherever a man's treasure is, there his heart is. So even if it's free, I don't want. Because I want to preserve my heart and keep my heart on God and on his assignment that he has given to me. 100% attention. Nobody should take my mind and my thoughts and my heart. Is it a wrong thing to get rich? No. But desiring to get rich is the problem. And you must not desire to get rich before God will give you riches. Did you get it? Is money bad? No, money is not bad. But the love of money is bad. Love of money. Love of money. That is why before God can hand over money to a believer, he will first of all deliver that, baby, that believer from money. For some of us, you are not yet delivered from the spirit of mammon. So God cannot give you treasures. Because if he tries it, you will backslide. I mean you will backslide. So he knows that you are not yet delivered from the spirit of money called mammon. He needs to first of all be patient and wait until you get delivered. Before he will allow you to handle it. Judas got lost by covetousness. When he was thinking about betraying Jesus, he was thinking about making more money for his pocket. When he went to the chief priest, you know what he asked them? He said, how much will you give me so that I will hand over the man to you. He was bargaining with them. How much will you give to me? So that I will hand him over to you. Just imagine the heart. And they started bargaining. They said, we are going to give you 20 pieces of silver. He said, okay, I will hand him over to you 40 last. And they said, why don't you consider 25? He said, in fact, 35. 
And you know, you know, beginning now, this one is coming down, this one is going up. And then they now say, okay, 35, 25. Let's now make it what? 30. And they gave it to him. He carried it. Remember, he has not spent the money. He was still watching to see how the man will escape. That was why when he saw that he was condemned, he went to where he kept the money and brought it back. The major problem in the heart of many that would have become vessels for revival is money. Covetousness. Self has a way. Do you remember Gehazi, the servant of Elijah? Do you remember that young man? Who would have become such a great prophet if not for covetousness? He went out, told Naaman lie, collected some portion, and when the master asked him, where did you go? He said, I didn't go anywhere. Self. Demas has forsaken me. Demas has forsaken me. He is in love with this present world. He was sent as a missionary to Thessalonians. And he went there and entered entered business. Maybe when he was arriving um, Thessalonians, they were selling shop. Look at 2 Timothy 4 verse 10. 2 Timothy 4 verse 10. For Demas, 2 Timothy 4 verse 10. For Demas, Verse 9. Say, do thy diligence to come to me shortly. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Having what? Loved this present world. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. And he departed to Thessalonica. I think Thessalonica in those days is like America today. Some of you can even go as a missionary to America. But when you get there, you become a missionary to dollar instead of souls. Because of love of money. There are some believers who in a quest to make more money begin to compromise their faith in many ways. Such as forsaking the fellowship of the brethren, abandoning their personal altars, lying and deceit, engaging in an illegal and wrong businesses. Engaging in sexual immoralities. Are you one of them? A covetous man is a selfish man who does not care about the effect of his covetous activities on others. 
Judas want to enrich, enrich himself and live big. When he was stealing the money in the bag, he was not caring about how that will affect the work of God. Those money he was stealing should have been used for soul winning. He, he never thought about it. He didn't care how the Lord will suffer if he betrayed him into the hand of these people. Covetousness hardens the heart of the sinner into committing more sins and wickedness. It's opposite of contentment. A contented man is one who is satisfied with the will of God for his life at every point in time. He believes that God who knows him and his need has supplied all he needs for the moment and that he will supply the rest in his wisdom. He takes complete trust in God's power, wisdom, and love to develop this important virtue called contentment. Unlike a covetous man, a contented man does not worry himself about anything because he has put his trust in God. Covetousness is rooted in self. Why contentment is a virtue that emanates from the Holy Spirit. No man can be delivered from a life of covetousness into a life of contentment who has not denied himself and fully yielded to the Holy Spirit. The secret of contentment is revealed in Hebrew 13, verse 5 to 6. Hebrew 13, verse 5 to 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with what? Such things as you have. For God has said, I will never leave thee, nor what? Nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do to me. If you go back to Matthew 27, verse 5, you will notice that Judas's action when he discovered that his plan did not work was directly opposite to Peter's action when he denied Jesus. Did you see what happened? Did you see what happened? And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and did what? Departed. And did what? And went. And did what again? And hanged himself. Why did he why did he hang himself? Who told him that the best solution to this problem is hanging himself? Who told him that? Talk to me. Self. He just said to him, you have seen that your plan did not work. The best thing you can do now is just go and hang yourself. The shame is too much. 
How can you face Peter? Uh, James, John. Eh? Now that the man is arrested, you have finished your discipleship. You better run away from that discipleship. In fact, travel. Leave Enugu. Eh? Just go find somewhere. We are brochure, they will not see you again. Self is a great advisor. Giving you, and you know, Judas has been a victim. He has been following that voice. So at that point, he can't resist it. Mark the way you are following the voice of self. Because you may be following the voice of self in small, small matters. And the day he will lead you in a very big matter, you will not be able to resist it again. That's the danger. Go and hang yourself. Go and hang yourself. Go and hang yourself. That's better for you. Go, 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 go. Go now before anybody will see. Go, go, go. And he was following. He was running. Peter, when he saw that he has failed, he went out and wept. Through repentance. He said, Lord, I have failed. Forgive me. I'm sorry. And you know that the same Peter later became a great apostle. Three of us. The same Peter, even though he was a former victim of self, but when he repented and changed his way, he later became such an instrument that God used to raise the dead. Am I correct? Instrument that even his shadow, shadow was healing the sick and casting demons out. Somebody here tonight, even though self has messed your life up before now, but as you repent, as you weep, as you cry to the Lord for help, I see the Lord raising you up. I see a great future. I mean, self is obvious from the time we started describing, explaining self from morning till now. I hope you know that that we are stopping with these seven biblical characters does not mean that the study of self has finished. I hope you know. Have we talked about Jacob? You don't, you don't know Jacob? If we start the study of self in Jacob now, I don't think we are going to sleep again for tonight. You see the, the, the way it also manifested. And that man kept on until God, he even wanted to deceive God. And God has to break Break him. So maybe as this study has been going on, you have seen areas where you are victims of self. And I see some of us has been crying, praying with all our hearts. Let me tell you, those prayers are not going to be in vain. As God had mercy on Peter and delivered him and made him to become that which he's supposed to be. Don't be like Judas. 
Don't be hardened. Sometimes I don't know why people cannot cry when they pray, especially brothers. Some brothers' hearts are too hard. In fact, some of them say when other people are praying, they just open their eyes. Not you know. You wonder whether they are still they are here. Peter went out and wept bitterly. Bitterly. Paul said, I was serving God with many tears. Many tears. Tears are product of a broken heart. Until the heart is broken, water does not come out. Through the eyes and the nose. I used to tell my people at Enugu, our disabled family, that when you want to know a genuine tear, not the Nollywood or Hollywood one, check the nose why the person is crying. Manipulated tears come out through the eye only. Real tears from the heart. Some will be coming out from the eyes. Others will be coming out from the... That's when you know that the heart is broken. Because every opening, what I want to flow, the heart is broken. Tonight, brothers and sisters, the mercy of God is with us. By tomorrow morning, we will begin to look at, you know, victory. The way of victory over self. As God showed us in the Bible. And he will help us again, as he helped us today. But for tonight, we still need to pray again. As Peter prayed. And this time around, if you have lacked opportunity to pray well before in other prayer sections, please make sure you maximize this last chance and cry out to God. Ask God to help you and he will help us. Rise on your feet and let us pray. Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvaryonline.org for testimonies, counseling, and prayers, you can send an email to calvaryrevivalabels at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999. You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival Labels.